Rico Report is a weekly public affairs program providing independent media coverage of environmental and ecological studies with a focus on local, state, and regional people, issues, and events in order to foster open discussion of human relationships with nature and the earth and to encourage you to take personal responsibility for living sustainably in the world. Eco Report is produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana and financially supported by listeners like you. Go ahead. The history of plastics. Thank you for your patience. Plastic. Everyone worldwide uses some form of plastic. Every day, plastic literally has become part of us. We ingest the equivalent of one credit card of plastic per week. I thought you might like to have a review of the rise of the plastics. This information was taken from the latest issue of Sierra Magazine. In 1870, a celluloid was invented by John Wesley Hyatt in response to a need for cheaper billiard balls, which back then were made from ivory. In 1907, chemist Leo Bakeland invented heat-resistant Bakelite, the first truly synthetic plastic made from fossil fuels. You can still find these products in yard sales and resale stores. In 1938, nylon was invented by DuPont. This was the first completely synthetic fiber. In 1955, Life magazine published an article titled Throw Away Living, Disposable Items Cut Down Household Chores. Photos showed families gleefully tossing disposable products in the air. Then in 1972, science started publishing studies about plastic particles in the ocean. This is the same year that hikers and other people were warned to stop drinking water from streams because of pollution. In 1988, we learned about the resin identification coding system for sorting plastics. They numbered one and seven, but only one and two are frequently recycled. In 1997, Captain Charles Moore discovered the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, a gyre of microplastics believed to be the size of Texas. Then in 2020, microplastics were discovered in human placentas. Microplastics can be found on the highest mountains and the deepest ocean trenches. So here we are today with plastic everywhere. Plastic is a major contributor from, to climate change. More than 99% of all plastics are derived from fossil fuels. The plastic industry emits 232 million tons of greenhouse gas gases per year. What can we do to get rid of plastic? That's coming up later in the program. Please stay tuned. In today's feature report on pollution preparedness, IER reporter Enrique Sanz describes industry's preparation for natural disasters that may release pollutants. That's coming up later in the program, but first, we'd like to talk to you about the WFHB Spring Fun Drive. Please call uh, 812-323-1200 or WFHB.org. We try to keep the fun in Fun Drive, but to be honest, we're in a crunch. We need to make $300,000 to qualify for our Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and we're, we need your help. Eco Report is terribly important. There's so much news and pollution in the air with regard to 
personality divisions rather than news divisions. Walter Cronkite always said the news division must never be part of the the entertainment division. But we have that now. And because of that, there are all kinds of people out there and organizations talking about the lack of need for pollution control. We live in a state where we've just been told that our water is the, our streams and lakes are the most polluted in the nation. We need to hear about that. You need to hear about that. WFHB.org for a online secure donation and 812-323-1200. We have a show goal of $200. Our day goal is $4,800. Please call in. Our drive goal is $48,000. Yeah, Don, that you are telling the, our listeners some wonderful information and things that they really need to know about. I don't think they realize how much WFHB contributes to the community. Uh, we do so much to keep you informed on every genre of music. Uh, we have special shows that are dedicated to the youth in our town. Uh, we have we truly promote so many bands that have no other avenue to be heard and you can hear them right here on WFHB. I sent out a, a information to all of my friends about our fun drive and they're starting to come in. I'm going to put a shout out to one of my friends, Amanda Pecos. Thank you so much for your donation and all of those other people I sent the message to. We're waiting for you to send us some money. We would really enjoy the support and hope you will consider donating to WFHB. We, you can go straight online at wfhb.org and you can call at 812-323-1200. And if you're up to it, you can walk in because you can knock on the door and come right in and make your donation right here. But you have to wear a mask, okay? So don't forget that. So anyway, Don, you got some other important things to tell well, us? Well, there are so many things. First of all, for a $100 donation, you get the coolest water bottle ever a WFHB water bottle, but do not forget sustaining, sustaining donations. They allowed us to have a predictable income, $10, $20, $5 per month. The following article was aired earlier this month, but we felt it was important enough to repeat. Plastics are a plague on land and sea. Plastic production is expected to almost quadruple by 2050. Per capita, plastic consumption is 2.5 times higher in industrialized countries than in non-industrialized ones. To combat plastic, world leaders, environment ministers, and other representatives from 173 countries have agreed to create a legally binding treaty on single-use plastics covering the full life cycle of the material from production to disposal. The head of the UN Environment Program called the resolution creating the treaty the most significant multilateral environmental agreement since the Paris Climate Accord of 2015. Approximately 9.2 billion tons of plastic were produced between 1950 and 2017. 75% or 7 billion tons of the plastics is waste, disposed of in dumps, incinerated, or collecting in land and water. The nations discussing the treaty in Nairobi, Kenya, concurred that the treaty should cover the production and design of plastic, not just waste. Christina Dixon, Deputy Ocean Campaign Lead at the Environmental Investigation Agency, said, quote, This resolution finally recognizes that we cannot begin to address plastics in our ocean and on land without intervening at the source, end quote. 
What are you doing at home to cut down on the use of plastics? If you are recycling, keep in mind that most compostable plastic is not recyclable. It goes into a landfill or incinerator. Here are a few ideas to help you cut down on the use of plastic. When shopping, look for goods made from recycled plastic. Stop buying fabrics made from polyester and rayon. Buy organic hemp, cottons, and recycled synthetic fabrics. These are the most eco-friendly clothing. Donate your old clothing and purchase secondhand. Start learning about businesses that invest in natural alternatives by making products from algae, mycelia, or bacteria. Press your companies to better to develop better product design that reduces dependence on virgin plastics. Seek out companies that institute buyback programs and ones that make products from reclaimed goods. As mentioned in the story just before this one, encourage businesses to support a binding UN treaty on plastic pollution. And you can ask your lawmakers to pass the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act, introduced by Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley and California Representative Alan Lowenthal in 2021. This act would make companies financially responsible for their packaging, phase out some single-use plastics, pause construction and expansion of plastic manufacturing facilities, and seize the export of plastic waste to developing countries. Plus, you can go local to your grocery store chains and tell them to stop using plastic bags. The worst eyesore I can think of is seeing plastic bags caught in trees, sometimes the same tree for years. 61 new electronic vehicle charging stations are coming to various cities across Indiana by 2023. Construction is anticipated to start this year in Rochester, according to an official with Duke Energy. The project involves Duke and several other utility companies. The funds will come from a settlement with Volkswagen and clean air violations. All charging stations will be along major interstates, roadways, and corridors. They'll be placed between 30 and 50 miles away from one another for drivers to have char charging options. March 22nd was World Water Day, which goes back to 1992 when the United Nations Conference on Environment and Development declared it so. A core focus of, this, of the day this year was to advance the Sustainable Development Goal number 6, Water and Sanitation for All by 2030. People's bodies are 60% water and the earth is 71% water. Despite the importance of water, 2.2 billion people live without access to safe water, including 2.2 million Americans. Around the world every year, 297,000 children under the age of five, at least 700 each day, die of diseases that result from poor sanitation, poor hygiene, and unsafe drinking water. The key to long-term sustainability is to invest in water. The World Health Organization estimates that for every dollar invested in water and sanitation, the economic return is 430% or higher. Access to clean water keeps families safe and healthy, reduces food insecurities by making easier for families and farmers to grow crops, helps in cycles of poverty, and gives schools and communities an essential resource. In the U.S., race is the strongest predictor of water and sanitation access. For instance, 58 of every thousand indigenous households lack plumbing as compared to three of every thousand white households. Thus, indigenous households are nine times more likely than white households to lack indoor plumbing. A bat, previously believed extinct, is now back from the dead. Researchers announced March 8th that they had spotted Hill's horseshoe bat for the first time in 40 years. Quote, 
Rediscovering Hill's horseshoe bat was incredible. It's astonishing to think that we're the first people to see this bat in so long, end quote. Bat Conservation International Director Dr. John Flanders said in the announcement, Hill's horseshoe bat is considered a critically endangered species by the International Union for Conservation of Nature's Red List. It lives in forest clay caves in Rwanda and is most likely threatened by the destruction of its habitat for logging and agriculture. Appropriately, it has a horseshoe-shaped nose as well as big ears and a face that appears smooshed. The bat was considered a lost species until a 2019 expedition in a Rwandan national park. In addition, the researchers were able to confirm the presence of more of these rare bats in the park by recording their echolocations for the first time. They were then able to hear the bats in eight different locations in a small section of the park. The park is renowned for its biodiversity. It is home to 1,068 recorded plant species, 322 bird species, and 75 mammal species, including 13 primates. At 393 square miles, it is the second largest national park in Rwanda. Of the 1,321 bat species, around 40% of them are considered endangered. The main culprits are deforestation and habitat loss. But the experts hope that rediscovering Hill's horseshoe bat means it can be kept from real extinction. People concerned about water quality in the U.S. are asking the public to contact their U.S. representatives to urge them to co-sponsor the Water Affordability, Transparency, Equity, and Reliability Act, known as the Water Act. Fifty years ago this October, Congress passed the Clean Water Act, which set the precedent for protecting the nation's water. The law also dramatically increased, building a, increased funding to build and improve our wastewater systems. Since passage of the Clean Water Act, the federal government has slashed funding for water infrastructure. The nation's outdated and aging water systems are dumping billions of gallons of raw sewage into our waterways, flooding streets and neighborhoods, and contaminating our drinking water. The climate crisis is worsening the situation. The Water Act is the only permanent solution to our nation's water funding woes and would provide $35 billion each year to restore our public water infrastructure. It would grant funds to the Clean Water State Revolving Fund to pay for publicly owned wastewater system upgrades, with at least half the funding prioritized as grants and additional subsidies to disadvantaged communities. It would also provide funds to help update and install household septic systems and other on-site sewage disposal systems. Further, it would provide money for the non-point source management programs to stop pollution and protect our watersheds. What's more, it would provide funds for pollution control systems. Last, it would supply money for technical assistance to rural, small, and indigenous wastewater system providers. Without the Water Act's dedicated funding to upgrade and maintain our water systems, many communities would continue to lack the resources to keep their water clean and safe. Well, that about tells it all. The value of the eco-report. Straight documentation of fact. Now, please, wfhb.org is for your secure donation. You can do it anytime, 24-7. 812-323-1200 is our number. DJE is there waiting to receive your call. Please call in. Our day goal is $4,800. Our drive goal is $48,000. And please consider a secure donation. You can make it $5, $10, 
$1,000 per month, and that will allow us to continue to operate and understand something of our future in a fiscal manner. You know, we do have to pay for some of your most favorite programs. In the United States, in the world, Democracy Now! is one of the greatest programs around. And we're proud to have the Eco Report on the same station with them. But we have to pay for that. We have to pay for shortwave report. However, we do produce our own youth radio, all the music shows, Blooming Out, Ola Bloomington, and the Eco Report, just to name a few. Kite Line. These are shows that we produce, and even though we are volunteers, it takes a lot of money to run this place. So I'll give you back over to Juliana, but please call in at 812-323-1200 and keep Eco Report alive. Thank you. Thanks, Don. That was really interesting. You always have so many wonderful facts to share with our listeners. I don't know if everybody knows that we actually have a pretty wide uh, broadcasting area. We're in Bloomington, of course, but we're also there in Bedford. Ellettsville and Nashville. So we're waiting to hear from all of the folks in these other communities that listen to WFHB. Don, did you know that I got started working here because of Sierra Club? I was a member and they were uh, had put out some sort of posting on their website and said that um, WFHB was looking for somebody to be involved with Eco Report, and about five, maybe six years ago, that sucked me in and brought me in here. And I'm going to tell you folks, this place feels like home. I absolutely love the people that work here at WFHB. They are so dedicated, and almost all of them are volunteers coming from all over those areas that I was just telling you about. We're so fortunate to have so many dedicated uh, volunteers that have been with us for a long time. Don, how long have you been with us? Well, I'm also I'm in my seventh year. Uh, I'm, I'm a proud member of the Daily Local News team as well as... <laughs> Excuse me for not even mentioning that incredible thing and the amount of broadcast they produce. But, you know, we're your neighbors. When you look in the mirror, you're looking at WFHB. We live here. We put out what we feel we think is important. And mercifully, that seems to be what all of you feel is important. So please stay in touch. Become a secure donator. And if you are already a secure donator... Please call in and just remind us so we can thank you again. We'll thank you on the air if you want. That's always fun. I mean, it's kind of fun to hear your name and know that you're, you're part of something. This is a wonderful group of people. And for this long, we're going on 30 years. For this many people to be involved and get along is a testament to Bloomington and to the people who volunteer here for public radio. And uh, just one more point. The sustaining donation, we do have paid workers. We have a station manager. That they, I don't know the salaries, but I can't imagine that for all the work that everybody does, all the associates, the, the we have a few people on staff, but the rest of it is volunteer, and the running of the station costs money. So please, $100 donation gets you the coolest water bottle ever, and... Any donation, whatever you have, you know, no matter how much money you have, you can turn on the radio and listen to WFHB, get the Eco Report, get the straight poop on all sorts of things to do with this world. And it's important. So if you and your friends can get together and put together 20 or $25, please send it in, bring it to the door, whatever you want to do. 
Don, you know, one of the things that I like about WHB is the variety of music that we play. Holy smokes. Uh, you know, I lived on a, a Native American Indian reservation many years ago, and we have a show that's dedicated to indigenous people, and they're always playing this wonderful music. Where in the world would you ever hear anything like that? Please, wfhb.org, 812-323-1200. Education is our mandate. And now for our feature on pollution preparedness, IER reporter Enrique Sanz describes industry's preparation for natural disasters that may release pollutants. Being prepared pays off. When it rains outside, you wear a raincoat or use an umbrella. If you don't, you get wet. When it's cold, you wear something warm. If you don't, you feel cold. If you're a chemical facility in an area that could face natural hazard risks made worse by the Earth's changing climate, you should probably be ready for that. That's the gist of a report from the Government Accountability Office. The new GAO report says the US EPA needs to do more to ensure that hazardous substance facilities are able to withstand the threats of natural hazards made worse by climate change in order to prevent accidental releases. The GAO found 31% of the facilities the EPA oversees under the risk management plan rule that are allowed to make, use, handle, or store hazardous substances are located in areas threatened by natural hazards that could cause the release of those substances into surrounding communities. That's including here in Indiana. Those natural hazards, including flooding, storm surge, and wildfires, are happening more frequently and with greater intensity due to changes in the climate spurred by the release of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere at an historic scale, potentially increasing the risk of chemical releases at about 3,200 facilities nationwide. According to the EPA, dozens of hazardous substance facilities, including steel mills, oil terminals, and agricultural chemical distributors in Indiana, are located in areas with moderate to high flood risks. A vast majority of the facilities that pose a risk to communities in Indiana are wastewater treatment plants, which, if flooded, could leak chemicals used to treat water or sewage laden with bacteria, viruses, and parasitic organisms that could cause life-threatening conditions like cholera, dysentery, or hepatitis. Several dozen communities have already received millions of dollars in state water infrastructure fund grants from the Indiana Finance Authority to address overflow issues, including several included in the GAO report, like the Arcadia Wastewater Treatment Plant and the Fort Wayne Three Rivers Filtration Plant. The report finds that the EPA could help RMP facilities prepare for climate risks by providing the facilities with compliance assistance like data, tools, and technical support, and then issuing regulations and guidance on how to incorporate those risks into their risk management plans. The recommendations come more than five years after a previous presidential administration attempted to make chemical substance facilities less susceptible to releases. The EPA, during the final days of the Obama administration, passed an RMP rule revision crafted after a 2013 explosion at a fertilizer plant in West Texas that killed 15 people. The rule would have required many more companies to disclose potential chemical release impacts, plan for emergency response to releases, and submit plans to the EPA. The Trump administration delayed implementation of the rule for nearly two years and then passed a weaker rule revision in its place. Since the Trump RMP revision was finalized, the U.S. Chemical Safety and Hazard Investigation Board has responded to dozens of explosions and chemical releases at plants across the U.S. 
The EPA told the GAO that it is working on a proposal that would revise the RMP regulations to reduce the risk of accidental chemical releases, address the Biden administration's focus on reducing climate change impacts, and prioritize environmental justice while incorporating some of the GAO's findings. The EPA said the rule is scheduled for publication in September 2022. It expects the rule to be finalized by August 2023. For Eco Report, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Don Guerra. Are you looking for a way to make a difference on environmental issues? Here at EcoReport, we are currently looking for reporters, engineers, and segment producers. Our goal is to report facts on how we're all affected by global climate disruption and the ongoing assaults on our air, land, and water. We also celebrate ecologists, tree huggers, soil builders, and an assortment of champions who actively protect and restore our natural world, particularly those who are active in South Central Indiana. All levels of experience and all ages are welcome, and we provide the training you'll need. WFHB also offers internships. To volunteer for Eco Report, call us at 812-323-1200 or email us at earth at wfhb.org. And now for some upcoming events. The 2022 Monroe County Master Gardeners Association Garden Fair is planned for Saturday, April 2nd from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Switchyard Park. Admission is free and there will be more than 30 exhibitors. Learn how to make a birdhouse weaving at the Upper Cascades Park in the Lion's Den Shelter on Saturday, April 2nd from noon to 1.30 p.m. You will use willow branches to make birdhouses for songbirds migrating back to southern Indiana. A Volkswalk will take place at Spring Mill State Park on Saturday, April 2nd from 9.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Meet in the lobby of the Spring Mill Inn for the Volkswalk hikes. There will be a 10K and a 4K hike offered. The trail goes by streams, sinkholes, caves, and a small lake and includes Trail 3, 5, and parts of Trail 4 and 2. You may register in advance at http colon slash slash dash dash my dot ava dot org. Natural Sounds will present an acoustic musical performance and educational nature presentation on the nature topic, Wind. The wind holds a powerful influence over our senses. Come and enjoy an evening of melodic woodwind music at the Lower Cascades Park in the Sycamore Shelter on Friday, April 8th from 6.30 to 7 p.m. and bring your own seating. A wildflower weekend is scheduled at McCormick's Creek State Park on Friday, April 8th, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th. On Friday from 7 to 5 to 7 p.m., you will hike the park and some off-site secluded places. Take home plants and wildflowers courtesy of the Friends Group. Go to the McCormick's Creek State Park website to get a detailed schedule of the weekend. And that wraps up our show for this week. Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at MPI Solar Energy. 
www.thepeopleshow.com. This week's headlines were written by Norm Holy and Linda Green and myself, Juliana Daly. Today's feature was produced by IER reporter Enrique Sanz. And isn't he great? Juliana Daly <laughs> assembled the script and Linda Green, Don Guerra, and Patrick Callanan edited it. Juliana Daly compiled our events calendar. Patrick Callanan produced and engineered today's show. For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Don Guerra. And I just want to say one more time, WFHB.org for a secure donation, 812-323-1200. Please call. Please don't put it off for too long. We need very much to have you be part of this station. And I know you'll feel proud of being part of this great station. Thank you. Thank you. And this is Eco Report. You've been listening to The Eco Report. A volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB. In Bloomington, Indiana. You're listening to WFHB Bloomington at 91.3 FM, W251AG Bloomington at 98.1 FM, W264BP Nashville at 100.7 FM, and W292DD Ellettsville at 106.3 FM. Community Radio for South Central Indiana.